Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to Yoga Journeys, a podcast focused on sharing and celebrating inspiring stories of transformation through the practice of yoga. I am your host, Katherine Kennedy. This podcast came about after having experienced my own transformation, growth, and healing through my yoga practice. I wanted to share these life-changing tools with others, so I became a yoga teacher after several years of training. Throughout my years of teaching and practicing, I've talked with many other practitioners and teachers and have heard so many of the same stories over and over again and wanted to create this platform for sharing those stories. This episode of the podcast will be focused on me sharing my own story of transformation, healing, and growth through my practice of yoga. Before jumping into my story, I wanted to give a little bit more additional information and background about myself. As I have thought through my life experiences, I am always reflecting on it and seeking understanding. I think that's maybe part of why I became a qualitative researcher because I truly enjoy exploring the understanding that is a lived experience. And I believe that's another reason why I started this podcast series in the first place, because I love giving others a platform for reflection, for authentic introspection, and for exploring their own lived experiences in meaningful ways. So for my story, I'm going to take you back to my childhood. I'll start at the very beginning. I was born in a town outside of Boston, Massachusetts called Medford, Metha for short. I was the last of seven kids to my mom, Patricia, who I call Patsy Girl, even though it drives her absolutely nuts, and my dad, Bob. My four brothers and two sisters are all older than me, and they range in age from nine years to 21 years older than myself. So by the time I came around, there were only two siblings left in the house. When I was six years old, my dad's mom passed away. Uh, She unfortunately was suffering from Alzheimer's. And a short time later, my dad suffered a nervous breakdown and was taken into the veterans hospital. All of my brothers and sisters and their significant others at the time, as well as my mom, went into the hospital to have a meeting with the in-house counselor there. And I was too young to be in the room with everyone, so I stayed outside with one of my siblings' significant others. From what I would hear at a later time in my life, the veterans hospital counselor explained to my family that my dad was bipolar and that he needed to take medication in order to regulate his chemical imbalance. At that time, which would have been in the early 80s, as most or all of us know, counseling and mental health were not high priorities for people and both counseling and mental health had negative stigmas attached to them. So my dad opted to not do either of them. Instead, he decided he was going to retire early from truck driving and head to Florida so that he didn't have to, from what I've learned over the years, 
be subjected to the constant pressure from both our family and from health professionals that he should take medication and, in his own words, see a shrink. So he took my mom and I down to Florida at the time I was eight years old. The first year of school when I was down there, I acted out by doing extremely poorly because I just didn't want to be there. I was away from friends and family and unbeknownst to me had already suppressed so much of what had happened prior to what I could remember. But I'll talk a little bit more about that later. My mom got me involved in swimming and running in order to try to help me acclimate to the new space and that really helped and I spent most of my days in team sports and kept busy with school as well. In my early teens I had this recurring nightmare that I couldn't explain and it caused me to be extremely overprotective of my mom. In the nightmare my mom and I were food shopping and after food shopping it was pitch black outside and we would walk outside and then she would be chased by a werewolf and I would chase after the werewolf. Because of this nightmare, I would wake up in the middle of the night and go to my parents' bedroom to check and see if my mom was still breathing. As you can imagine, uh, as any mother would, my mom was pretty freaked out by my behavior and uh, decided to take me to a therapist who used art therapy to help me understand what was happening. The therapist actually encouraged me to draw out the werewolf and the whole entire nightmare on paper. And after having drawn it out during one of my visits, the therapist let me know that she herself wouldn't be able to sleep either if she had seen the werewolf in her own dreams, which made me feel a lot better. Once I drew the werewolf, it no longer visited me in my dreams, for which I was grateful. Over the next few years, my life was filled with more swimming and more running and more school. One morning when I was about a week or so away from starting my sophomore year of high school, I came out of my bedroom early in the morning to my dad leaning over my mom in the kitchen with a knife to her throat. They didn't notice me at first, but then I said, what the heck is going on? Which startled both of them, and my dad was a bit of a jokester, so he made it seem as though it was all a joke, laughed it off, put down the knife, and left for work. I didn't think anything of it until later that evening when one of my sisters called. When I got on the phone after my mom finished talking with her, my sister asked me if my dad was close by, and I said yes. She said not to repeat or say anything about what she was going to tell me, and I said okay. And then she proceeded to tell me that my mom and I would be leaving on a flight to Boston early the next morning, and that our next-door neighbor in Florida would be the one taking us to the airport after my dad left for work and that dad should know nothing about it. I said, okay. So the next day, my mom and I left for Boston without my dad knowing. And the next six months, I settled into a new school 
in Massachusetts and lived with my brother's family in the house where we grew up in Medford. My mom at the time was, as you can imagine, struggling and working toward divorcing my dad. But six months after we moved to Boston, my dad convinced my mom to come back to Florida. And so we moved back to Florida with him. My siblings were angry because they felt like my mom and I were going back into an unsafe space. I agreed, but didn't really feel like I had a choice and didn't have a true understanding of everything at that time. The next few years before I started college went by pretty quickly. I continued at school and between swimming and running, I was practicing about seven hours a day. And during college, I saw a therapist to help me work through stress. I also started to get more and more into yoga for stress relief. And during fall of my second year of college, my dad passed away from a major heart attack. I grieved along with the rest of my family and at that time started to find out and piece together bits of my dad's story. Soon after his passing, I found out that my grandfather, my dad's dad, took my dad around with him as they visited places where my dad's mom, my grandmother, was messing around with other men. I couldn't believe the amount of trauma my dad had been through at such a young age. I also found out that my grandmother, my dad's mom, when she came to live with us in Boston, used to meet my dad at the door when he came home from work, uh, he was a truck driver, and tell him that my mom was sleeping around with other men, which made my dad more paranoid and dangerous towards my mom. My dad even told one of my brothers while he was hospitalized at the time when I was six uh, during his nervous breakdown that he didn't think the two of us, myself and my brother, were his children because we were both left-handed. I continued to try to understand over the years and also started to realize that I needed to take better care of myself, including not doing as much as I was doing. Um, during my second year of my doctoral program, I had a nervous breakdown myself. I had just turned 30 and I had worn myself down so much from stress that my body just said enough already. So with the support of my doctoral program co-chairs, I took three months to get the help I needed to get better. And through my yoga practice and through some other healing avenues, including um, CBT or cognitive behavior therapy, EMDR and emotional freedom technique or EFT, I continued my journey to understand my experiences. And through my healing, I released a lot of things that I had held on so tightly to, and that would include a need to protect my mom, a need to constantly be doing things. And uh, I, I realize now through a lot of reading that these are both results of trauma among other things. During my 200-hour yoga training, I was introduced to kundalini yoga. And during a women's kundalini circle, that was focused on the muladhara chakra, which is also known as the root chakra. 
It, it represents safety and security. I cried throughout the whole entire class. I realized at that time that I never truly felt safe and was wondering why that was. I also started to wonder if there was more that I didn't understand about what happened when I was six, when my dad had his nervous breakdown. I continued to wonder too about the werewolf and why I had such a protective tendency toward my mom, especially at such a young age. So after a number of the women's circles, I started to ask questions of my siblings to understand more about what I hadn't been old enough to process during the events that led to my dad's nervous breakdown. I asked everyone where they were at the time and what they knew about what happened. And I found out that dad held a knife to my mom's throat two other times in addition to the time when just the three of us were in the room when I was a teenager in Florida before my mom and I had left for Massachusetts. One of the times was right before his nervous breakdown. And when I talked to one of my sisters, she said, you remember being in the room with him, right? I said, no, I don't remember. She, at the time, was a school teacher in Maine and had come to Massachusetts when she heard what had happened with my dad. She came into the house and sat down with me to ask what had happened, and I told her the whole thing. I had told her I was on one of the couches in the living room. Mom was on the opposite couch, and our Auntie Pat, who was visiting from New Jersey at the time, was sitting in one of the chairs toward the back of the living room. And my dad came into the living room and leaned over my mom with a knife, and my Auntie Pat started yelling and trying to pull him off my mom. And when my dad finally realized what was happening, he started sobbing uncontrollably as they were taking the knife out of his hand and apologizing over and over again. And that's all I told my sister at the time, but I didn't remember any of it. The mind is such an amazing thing that it helped to protect me by suppressing that memory. After finding out that I was actually in the room, with my parents when I was six, when this happened, all of the pieces started to make sense. The puzzle was starting to come together. The werewolf in my nightmare chasing after my mom was my dad. My tendency to be overprotective of her because I was afraid he was going to do it again. My tendency to keep running laps, swimming laps to get away from all the trauma. All were trauma responses, and I knew it was time to start digging deeper to continue healing what was there under the surface. And my counselor at the time asked me if there was anything else I wanted to know beyond what I already knew. I told her that all I truly wanted to know was what it felt like to be in that room as a six-year-old, watching my dad try to hurt my mom and not being able to do anything about it. So I set that intention as I continued my kundalini practice. And after just a couple of sessions, I got my answer to my intention. The night after we finished the final women's circle, I had a powerful dream that offered me so many understandings of my experience. The dream was of me with my two sisters and my brother-in-laws in a theme park. 
we were trying to decide where to take a picture of all of us together when a voice over the park-wide intercom said to take cover because there were active shooters in the park. So I, in my overprotective way, was making sure that everyone was safe, hiding them from the shooters. And it wasn't just my family. Once my family was safe, I started making sure that every other person in that park was safe. When I got to one of the active shooters, the dream turned into more of a cartoon, an anime style one. And in that cartoon, the active shooter had what looked like a Japanese woman in a headlock with a gun pointed to her head. And when I looked over to the left of where the gunman and the woman were standing, there was a young child, a young girl who looked like the woman's daughter. And in true anime style, there were giant tears coming out of this young girl's eyes. They were larger than life tears spouting from the girl's eyes, dropping into these giant puddles, splashing up into the air. And as I continued to observe what was happening from a safe space, and at that moment, when the shooter continued to squeeze the mom's neck, the young girl took out the only line of defense that a six-year-old, at least in my experience, might have, a water gun, and started shooting the active shooter with it, which did absolutely nothing. And at that moment, I woke up. When I woke up, I cried happy tears. I finally understood that my family played a major role in my well-being when I was growing up, and I understood that my mom and dad were both doing the best that they could, given the societal taboos and their own past experiences and personal circumstances. I have to thank yoga for bringing me to where I am today, and there continue to be more and more teachings from my yoga practice that are coming out of these experiences. Yoga has allowed me the safety and the freedom to explore complex situations. As I was ready to face what had happened, emotions would surface that I could explore in my practice. And taking the time to do that has only helped me heal and I know it will continue to do so in both meaningful and authentic ways. It has offered me the time and the space that I need to slow down and reflect on my lived experiences, not only for myself, but also from the perspective of others who are part of those experiences. My mom and I, as well as my siblings, have been able to have truly authentic, open, and vulnerable conversations about what we've been through individually as well as together. And these conversations have led to collective healing and continue to do so as time passes. In my book club, one of the books that we're reading is Michelle Obama's book, Becoming. And in the preface, she says something that really resonated with me. She said, there's a lot I still don't know about America, about life, about what the future might bring, but I do know myself. My father, Fraser, taught me to work hard, laugh often, and keep my word. 
My mother, Marian, showed me how to think for myself and to use my voice. Together in our cramped apartment on the south side of Chicago, they helped me see the value in our story, in my story, in the larger story of our country. Even when it's not pretty or perfect, even when it's more real than you want it to be, your story is what you have, what you will always have. It is something to own. And that will always be the case for my story. It is something that I own, and I am truly grateful for having lived it. So I thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my story today and for listening to the stories of others who have already shared their story and will continue to do so on this platform. I am both honored and grateful to be able to be the facilitator in this space. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to today's episode of Yoga Journeys, inspiring stories of transformation, growth, and healing. We'll have another episode ready for you soon, but until then, I hope you have a wonderful day. 